Alright, welcome to Not the Only Kids in the Law Podcast. This is a podcast where we watch episodes of Kids in the Law and talk about them. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Nick Ramirez, and I'm joined with my co- one of my co-hosts, Amey Lutkin. One of our co-hosts is not here today, Amey. Jared's coming. I know. It's usually me who's not here, but this time <laughs> yeah, it's Jared. Now how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we, we watched an episode anyway, and we're going to talk about it. Um, and we should go ahead and bring in our guest. He's a, an improviser and a friend, Patrick Keene. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Sad I don't get the full three of the hosts, but glad for the hosts that are here. It's been tough lately getting us all together. We, we took a whole week off because oh. I was moving and I think everybody else was just kind of busy. Mm-hmm. I think um, that I really enjoy doing this podcast, but I don't feel it's like an emergency situation. So no, it does yeah. some time to move off the top of the list of priorities, but it's always so fun. So for sure. Thank you for staying on it, Nick, without I, you. Yeah. Part. <laughs> I have like an obsessive need to have some, put something out every week for this podcast feed. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, we just talk about one sketch we call it, but it, it I don't need to get into mixed it. Mixed picks. But we call yes, it mixed we call it picks. Mixed picks. <laughs> <laughs> I, pick a, I pick a kids in the law sketch I really like and we all talk about it. But this time we watched a whole episode. But Patrick, I did want to ask you, like, uh, have you, are, are you, were you a fan of the kids in the hall at all growing up or today or I, ever? Yeah, I was. I was I was a pretty big fan growing up. Um, I feel like it used to play on Comedy Central a lot. Um, yeah. And I definitely would watch it and really liked it. Um a good deal. I feel like in high school is when I would watch it um, when my family had cable. Uh, so yeah, I was a big fan, but I haven't watched it in years and years and years. So this is my first time. And I believe I definitely have seen this episode before. Really? Oh, really? Like so you recognize yeah. a lot of the sketches. I definitely recognize a lot of the sketches. Yes. I recognize yeah. a handful of them, but I'm, I'm honestly wondering if I ever even, well, no, cause I, I definitely saw a few of these. So I must've seen it when I was a kid, but uh but there were some that I don't didn't remember at all, or maybe I just didn't get the time, so they kind of pushed kind of pushed it out of my mind. Do they repeat sketches? They repeat um, characters for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely got the characters. <laughs> like yeah, there were characters in like, this I've seen before, but not sketches. I don't think I've ever seen this episode. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they, they 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 did any episodes where they just put a sketch like re you know put a, a sketch it. in the same. Yeah, there might have been like some thing they did like that on comedy central or maybe like some compilation episodes or something like that mm-hmm. yeah uh, they definitely have, like, some best you know what i was actually just thinking about how we used the clips episodes aren't really a thing anymore i remember how disappointing it would be to like turn into your favorite show and then realize mm. there's only like two minutes of new material and it's all clips <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i guess i don't know if they do clip shows anymore because i don't watch i don't think i watch any sitcoms and it's not like an hour-long drama would do a clip show right yeah, like, it's not like there'd well, be a severance clip show. I feel like Grey's Anatomy would do a clip show, That's and true. I also do believe, but do not quote me on this, that Modern Family would do clip shows. I believe that. Really, not, Modern yeah. Family seems like a clip show type of show, but I never watched yeah. Modern Family. Never got into yeah, it. Yeah, it's already edited like a clip show. My dad <laughs> loves Modern Family. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Does that mean it's really good or that's really bad? Uh, he also loves Jeff Dunham. So, oh, okay, so. You, uh, you can choose what that means. What if we did a show that was just watching every episode of Jeff Dunham's sketch show? God. Does Jeff Dunham have a sketch show? He did, I think, for a while. He had something on TV. We could do my that. Dad, my dad, one time I was at one time I was at my dad's house and he was turned on the TV and it was Jeff Dunham. And he was like, he's like, this is really funny. And then he started playing it and I sat there stoned face and then he turned it off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I feel really bad about. He was trying to bond with you. <laughs> yeah, he was like trying to bond about comedy and I was yeah. just like. I will not laugh at this dead terrorist puppet. (laughs) (laughs) I know. What's the limit on what you will like deal with to bond with family? And that's your limit. It's a puppet. (laughs) Yeah. It's very low for me. Uh, Yeah. My parents are really into stand-up comedy, but uh, they they'll pretty much watch any stand-up comedy that shows up on Netflix. Like they, they were, Mm. they were big fans of, um, Oh man. What's, what's, I forget his name. Uh, 
I don't know if this is the right way to describe him, but Uh-oh. oh yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say he's the pimp stand-up comic, and he is. That's like oh, he's Cat Williams. Cat, Cat Williams, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's the pimp stand-up comic. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard him described that way, which is crazy. Actually, well, he, <laughs> like I, I was looking it up, and like he has a special called the Pimp Chronicles. So he yeah. like right. definitely part of his acts. Um, but yeah. I was surprised. I went home one day and my parents were like, we love Cat Williams. That is so funny. <laughs> he is he very is, he's char- funny. He's like, yeah, he really sucks yeah. you in. He's got a lot of charisma, you know. I feel like there's some stand-up comics where I'm like, you're just like a loaf of soggy bread. But Cat Williams, <laughs> an arresting <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, name names. Yeah, names. I can't remember their damn names. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> My mom is not really into watching comedy. She finds really weird things funny, but she is obsessed with dramas in a way where like she convinced me to watch all of the mentalist once. She's really <laughs> she's really into Chicago PD. I think that's what it's called. It's like about a yeah. Chicago police station. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is like cop propaganda. It's like, <laughs> I know, but I can't stop. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, what about it makes you not able to like turn it off? Exactly, it's like the lowest common denominator of television. I bet everyone looks really good. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Well, Patrick, before we get into it, I I did want to ask: Are there any kids and all sketches that stand out in your mind as like your favorites, like or that you the first thing you think of anything kids and all, or like? Yeah, I've. uh... I feel like I know you guys have probably definitely talked about this before and um, we'll have to get into it again for at least one of these sketches. But um, uh, I was just always a fan of when they would play women and when they would play the women that work in the office. And there is a sketch that this one sketch that I actually watch like every few years, I would say I like look it up on YouTube is the one where they... um, the boss replaces the coffee with decaf and they all like flip the fuck out. That one is so funny to me. Um, <laughs> so I really love that. And then I also love, I love Scott Thompson. I like all of them. I, Bruce and Scott Thompson, I think are my two favorites. And when Scott does, I don't even remember his name, but when he Buddy plays, Cole, probably. yeah, Buddy Cole, yeah. Buddy Cole, I think is so funny. He's great, um, yeah. So Buddy Cole. And then, yeah, the ladies in the office are just my favorites. And that's Kathy like what I Kathy. think of. Kathy and Kathy, of course, yeah. <laughs> and then the temp. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, temp. Uh, so that is like when I think, when I think of Kids in the Hall, I think of that. And I also think of Chicken Lady. And Chicken Lady's great. <laughs> wow. Like, I can't believe you love Chicken Lady. <laughs> I, I said, okay, but no, I'm like saying not, Chicken Lady is not one that lays like, oh my God, Chicken Lady. Yeah. But it is like, <laughs> Patrick's making mind. the chef's kiss gesture to Chicken Lady. <laughs> It is top of mind. It is top of mind for me when it comes to kids in the hall. We've only seen the first chicken lady uh, on this rewatch that we're doing, but um, really, I feel like she's appeared a couple times, right? Oh well, she did. Your dreams, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) She haunts. She's she's like my paralysis sleep demon. (laughs) We saw her as like a cameo thing, remember, and like Mm. the freak show thing, where it was like. But that, which is like originally how she was written, apparently. But yeah, we only saw the one full Chicken Lady sketch, and May did not like it. I mean, was not. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely insane, and it's like, <laughs> what is the joke here? And like, <laughs> she's unattractive because yeah, <laughs> totally. she's a chicken. <laughs> so that's what I think of. But I like Buddy Cole, and I like Kathy and Kathy. I also like um, what is Scott Thompson's like model character that he plays uh Fra- francesca fiore francesca francesca fiore i'm also yeah. a big fan of <laughs> we saw we haven't seen francesca fiore yet I, no, it seems like every time we watch an episode though we come across a new recurring character they had so many mm. recurring characters i didn't realize that like almost like, oh yeah they just kept bringing stuff back um but hey, yeah. why don't why don't we get into it why don't we go back in time to december 18th 1990 uh when uh on the top of the charts. So I guess, Patrick, you probably weren't watching it as they aired. You were watching later on no. Comedy Social, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like in high school, I think, was like the earliest I saw them. So that would have been like 2000 to 2004. Yeah. Okay. So that was my uh, roundabout way of asking you how old you were, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we nailed down the date. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, I was I was held back several years. Okay. <laughs> it's getting more complicated. <laughs> but I was born premature. <laughs> but this originally did air December 18th, 1990. Let's uh, let's listen to on the top of the charts, number one in the U.S. Stevie B. Because I love you. Are you a Stevie B. fan, Patrick? I've never heard of this in my life. <laughs> Me neither. Stevie B. Yeah, he's got this a very... This is the top of the American charts? This is the top of the American charts. Stevie B, Because I Love You. Uh, let's see. Fast forward to the... That's a little bit more familiar? No. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I've never heard of this in my life. Yeah, me neither. But apparently it was the top of the charts for quite a while. Um... Like, yeah, like uh, sorry, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at my notes here. Like, like almost all of December, this was number one in the U.S. Wow, a lot of people feeling very emo during the Christmas season. Yeah. Oh, that probably that probably is it. But George uh, H. W. Bush. That's right. <laughs> yes. Not, thank you. Not gonna do it. <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent. Uh, but uh, number one in Canada. USSR is falling. That's mm-hmm. true. Boris Yeltsin, the, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. <laughs> number one in Canada, More Than Words in CA by Alias, which we've also already seen. And I don't know this song either. Oh. This isn't the same song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do sound so similar and of an era where, I mean, 1990 is the late 80s, but like to me, this feels so 80s. Yeah. yeah. But like, I would be like 86, 87 in my warped vision of time. Okay. Wait, so 1990 is the late 80s? In terms of like culture and like okay, fashion okay. and trends. It's and definitely stuff. not the 90s yet. You know, they barely know what the, the 90s, 90s are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little did they know. <laughs> oh, what was down the pipeline? <laughs> well, Plankton. let's. September 11th. <laughs> That was in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> More than 90s in the 2000s, I guess. But so mm-hmm. we start off this episode with the first appearance of the little It's a Fact Girl. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. the It's a Fact Girl? Yeah, no. 100%. When this popped up, I was like, this I remember. So this is a recurring character then? Yeah, she pops up a few more times. Uh, this these little it's a fact things. Uh, this but, one, I, this one, I distinctly remember, and I remember these ones because I remember like the thing with the Queen of England at the end. Not no spoilers. Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say let's just watch this. The, so she they do the it's a fact thing three times, I think. But let's watch the one that you mentioned with the Queen of England. Mm-hmm. Something else. It's a fact. The Queen of England doesn't know her ABCs anymore. A, B, C, D, X, P, Q, R, X, Y, D. Hello. Britannia. Sally, she's old. It's a fact. Wow, uh, it's so funny they've been making fun of the Queen of England yeah. for being old since <laughs> even before they started pretending she's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, she must have been old since like the 60s or something, though. Since right? the 60s? Is that true? I mean, <laughs> How old is she? Well, this that is 30 was, years six, ago. I think the she's 60s in her late was 60 80s, years right? ago, yeah. So she's only okay. 50 here. This is ageism. I think a 50 year old knows their ABCs. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is ageism for sure, but it really made me laugh. I thought it was really funny. This is one of the moments that I laughed in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Scott Thompson's like portrayal of her, she actually looks quite youthful, doesn't she? Like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and this is so this is actually another recurring character debut too, because the queen uh becomes a recurring character, Scott Thompson's version of the queen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um this was the watch- first queen. This is the yes. first queen, and this is the first. Wow. This is the second. It's a fact because we, we skipped over the first. It's a fact. We did, we didn't watch what, Amy? Well, we yeah we skipped over the first. It's a fact, and I wanted to talk about it because 
So <laughs> the fact that she shares is that Beethoven's fifth symphony is based on his fifth orgasm. Right. So, but he's an adult. So I was kind of like wondering, does that mean he hasn't come to completion more than five times before he writes this? It's the I was wondering, having sex. I was wondering that I was too because ask you guys, have you ever faked an orgasm? <laughs> okay, no, no, I've never, never faked an orgasm. But also, I was, I, I was thinking this is his fifth orgasm, but. It's with yeah. It's it's actually during sex. Like he just never masturbates. I guess. Oh, that too. I didn't um, think about that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think about it at all. I didn't really think about that <laughs> joke. <laughs> I kind of let that one wash over me. Yeah, like, I think that's okay. the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I thought that was not good. That that <laughs> the first. Yeah, one. I thought that was not good. Um, I also feel like I've. I don't think I've ever faked an orgasm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever faked one. Amaya, I assume you have. Why? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at you right now, and I'm thinking because women don't enjoy this sex, person. But... Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think it's a book. There was two chapters about faking <laughs> orgasms in it. Well, it's a lot easier for That's a woman a to fake an orgasm than a man, right? Because I guess it is more common, but I don't because I feel like that teaches bad habits, and I mm-hmm. I'm paying it forward. You know what I mean? I thought you were saying saying I'm paying for it. I was like, what? No, no, paying it forward. Um, (laughs) They're like, either he's going to learn or she's going to learn or like they're going to take that home and think about it. You know what I mean? So you've never done it. I've never pretended to have an orgasm. No. Mm. That's great. Yeah, because with men, like, you know, when you orgasm, there's also there's fluid there's evidence yeah but i think but people do you could pretend some it. you could fake it if you you're using a condom especially yeah. yeah that's true that's true yeah and probably or if your dick is down someone's throat <laughs> that's true they wouldn't even be able to tell they're like my throat feels huh yeah <laughs> uh, it's a fact yeah <laughs> i'm i'm looking at my notes here i'm trying to figure out what if there's anything oh yes so i just wanted to say real quickly the It's a Fact films, and this is coming from the biography. Uh, they, uh, Mark McKinney said they were a reaction to the tendency of politicians and advertisements to offer up facts supported with little or no proof. What could be more evil, asked McKinney, than having this smiling red-haired child tell the boldest possible lies she could get away with? So I thought that was interesting. I, I, I didn't, I didn't that put it together. That is that's interesting because I didn't think of her as being redheaded. I thought she was a brunette. But now, like, what? that's... But the, the, whole, last... the whole thing is about her being redhead. <laughs> It is <laughs> because at the Did end. Did you watch do... the episode? Yes, at the end they talk about the redheaded thing, but yeah. I didn't get it at first. Well, when the queen That's comes red. back, she when the queen comes back, she says like redheaded kids are demons or yeah. something. Yeah, and then yeah. she leads her off of a dock oh, or whatever. Oh, I didn't whatever. see that. I think I clicked out. Oh, that's the credits. Oh my yeah, god, you should credits. watch it. It's really funny. Okay, well. Uh, but she is also, ones. she is just so redheaded. <laughs> yeah, is? she's right. very redheaded. She's look at that corner, that top right corner. You know what? Reality is perception. Yeah. I did not perceive her. Mm-hmm. But okay, so yeah, let's let's move on to this next okay. scene real quick and watch a little, little clip from this Bruce McCullough monologue called "That's America." In America, there are fifty-one states, or maybe it's eighty by now. Does England count? I'm not quite sure. The one thing I am sure of, though, is if I'm standing in a warehouse beside a time clock. And a guy is punching in for his best friend who is too hungover to get out of bed. I'm standing in America, the makeover capital of the world, the place where every young man has to answer in his heart the question what do you love more, your girlfriend or your car? And we- so, do you, this kind of, I feel like this sketch, as the first full sketch of the show, kind of established a little bit of theme in the show. Um, mm, workers, workers, and just <laughs> American politicians, American oh, ideals. Yeah, the politician, and also even even the, the the David Foley character who's obsessing about nudity in commercials. I feel kind of relates to this. You think he's pretty American? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's I didn't think I didn't think about that at all about the, sh- the episode having a theme, but now all I'm right. thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I will say this was my second favorite um, sketch of this 
episode. Okay, but please don't reveal your favorite sketch of the episode. We t- we have a very special segment at the end of the episode where we. <laughs> <laughs> please shut up. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty obvious. It's it'll be very obvious what my favorite one is. But you also you shut it off right before one of my favorite lines where I love. Oh, you I said, can play it. Um, I can play it if you. Yeah, let's play it. Play it. Where that young oh, man can funny. buy a beat up car for three hundred dollars and has to spend a thousand to insure it. Where else can even a paper That was boy it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that. well, that can't be it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. To me, that is like a very like specific and like real thing where I'm like, yeah. I mean, insurance is important, right? But I'm just like, yeah, that is what it fucking is. Yeah. Um, I thought this sketch was funny. I thought there. I thought it was kind of hit or miss. Like some of the things he said were really funny. I thought and some of them were just like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but I liked it. Yeah. I, I, I sketch. Oh, sorry. Go no, you go to me. I was just gonna say, I I thought some of the things he said were funny too, but I didn't really see them being connected. So I was sort of struggling mm-hmm. to see where he's coming from. Like, I was like, are you messing this up because you're Canadian? Mm-hmm. Are these like stereotypes of America that I'm just not as familiar with, or are they supposed to be stereotypes but kind of skewed in a weird way? I don't know. I just like couldn't connect all of the different things he said necessarily. Maybe they were very random. Yeah, yeah, maybe like our political satire's gotten so on the nose that this kind of more weirder. <laughs> thing doesn't hit in the same way or and i do think it's probably a combination of it coming from somebody from canada who kind of has these associations of america and also it being from 30 yeah 30 years ago like maybe uh i I really liked i really liked when he said where spelling doesn't count but people's pets do yeah because i feel like that is very america (laughs) that was one thing I, i wrote down spelling counts that the spelling count was something I asked so much in in, in school, and it's like it hasn't come up since then. So I was I thought it was funny that yeah. he that he would phrase it that way, where spelling doesn't count. You asked that in school? That's so interesting. Yeah, or at least it came up in school. Someone would ask, you know, uh, the spelling, spelling count. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the thing about the. I like the thing about gun violence. I was like the thing about the yeah. principal oh, yeah. and then shooting the assistant principal, and everyone's upset because they don't get the day off. Yeah. I thought that was like clever and like good American impression a little bit because I didn't realize there were school shootings back then in the nineteen ninety. We love guns, but also it's like oh. interesting because I feel like the audience didn't respond to that as much. There was like less laughter around the jokes about <laughs> gun violence. <laughs> it's like too real. Yeah. And it also reminded me how there's this meme online about how anytime you insult a British person, they're going to be like, "Well, at least we don't shoot up, you know, the schools." <laughs> And so it's like out of the point where that used to be their comeback and now everyone makes fun of them for it. And it's like yeah. this Canadian guy is like bagging on America. It, it is like a weird thing with the gun violence thing because it's like, it's true, but it's also like we're all being held hostage by this situation. <laughs> like, I don't want, want this to be happening. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But don't you think that there is something very true about like, we have like gun violence and then like the the idea of like, oh, people are upset Um because the principal got shot, but then they're kind of happy because they got the day off. And then they're kind of upset because they don't get a day off when the assistant principal gets shot. I'm like, that is also very true. Like gun violence affects people obviously so much. And like, it is so traumatic and everything, but there is something about we're so like, it's like the things surrounding it. Yeah. It's so Mm -hmm. normalized. You can imagine a bunch of high schoolers just being like, Oh shit, we get the day off. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's funny yeah this was also i think this was maybe my favorite i think this was my favorite sketch but what well, you so you can say i can say <laughs> nick can say but you can't that's the game <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's, I see how it works. let's skip ahead to i'm gonna hold mine i think that mine is the same as patrick's though i'm gonna call it oh really mm-hmm. let's watch mm-hmm. a clip from the second sketch uh called prisoner's jam uh, I thought all the jams were excellent, but if I have to pick one, and I do, uh, I thought number eight had a tiny little edge there. What? You chose a child molester's jam. Well, that's pretty ironic, I think, considering my heartfelt opposition to child molesters and their crap. 
I think that's ironic. Does anyone else? Um, I mean, this is almost not like this is. It's. This is it's not a, a traditional sketch. sketch. <laughs> it's not a traditional sketch. There's no like. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel. It doesn't. There's feel a like lot of baggy show. energy around it of like setup and then like the end. It almost feels like a little play, which they do a yeah, lot, where yeah. it feels like you're yeah. almost in a whole universe. It's but, not really a sketch. But it almost oh, like sure. yeah, to me, it felt like a kind of a blackout sketch stretched out to. Uh, <laughs> three or four minutes or whatever but but uh yeah i th- that moment i think is very funny and the idea is very I, funny yeah, yeah it is funny i also like the first reveal of scott thompson as like the security guard or advisor or whoever he's supposed to be <laughs> i don't know why i made me really laugh um and this is funny yeah and it was also funny how mark mckinney kept repeating the joke it was yeah it was very classic mm-hmm. politician he kind of says you know, he I can't make up like my mind because I'm yeah. a politician and he gets like a good response so he keeps repeating the joke mm-hmm. in different forms it's very real Yeah, that I will say very real yeah, Go ahead, yeah my second favorite line delivery of the episode was definitely that woman saying you chose a child molester's jam <laughs> I, I just cracked up at her voice <laughs> okay but please don't reveal your favorite line delivery of the episode because we do have a segment at the end of the show where we will it's in my favorite sketch (laughs) (laughs) um yeah this one was weird i i think yeah like that moment's funny the reveal's funny it was funny moments but like overall it was like uh maybe like low energy or something there was like Mm -hmm. something about it where i was just like okay whatever but all the (laughs) moments you guys mentioned i'm like yeah those were all funny i like those what'd you guys think of the little epilogue where uh... i oh sorry oh my god my Phone's blowing up. I know. That is is absolutely a spam call, which I get all the time. And now my stupid computer gets them. Anyway, (laughs) um, the epilogue I did not care for. But it is like that is a very like feels like kids in the hall thing of, yeah, they feel like little plays more than anything else. And they kind of like push past the idea into something else. So that felt very on brand for me. But yeah, I was like, meh. Yeah. I think the ending, I kind of enjoyed watching the two older actors actually be different people. They're played by different actors Mm -hmm. um, versus them in like old people makeup and like Mm -hmm. watching their interpretation of the two characters. I kind of enjoyed, but I didn't think it was particularly funny. (laughs) I was in the play. I I was at the play. Yeah, yeah. That's what I come for kids in the hall for is just like watching a big roster of actors do their craft. Hey, the person who stood out to you in that sketch was the extra who had a line. So yeah. Clearly, we're like finding stars in the crowd, you know. For was sure. that an extra? I, I don't. Yeah, I wonder if that was uh, one of the kids in the hall saying that line. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't no, think I don't so. Think no, so. no. I think it was a woman, like an older woman, saying it. Uh, I'm looking for it. Whatever. I'm not going to find it. Let's let's go ahead and move on to. <laughs> That photo is funny. <laughs> is funny. I, I thought Kevin McDonald actually as the as as the uh, child molester was very funny. Uh, when he, I, thought so. uh, I thought there celebrates. was also, Yeah, I thought there was something funny too of just about like they were like p- part of his like um, rehabilitation is like making jams. <laughs> yeah, making jams. I was like, there's something about that that's very sort of like sharp, incisive commentary, social commentary. <laughs> And they let him out <laughs> to go to the contest as well. Let's go to the jam contest. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to. We'll, we'll skip over that second. It's a fact. We already watched it actually, but we'll start this one. Watch a little bit. Also, this one. Uh, oh, go ahead. one last thing I'll just say. Talking about. I mean, you know, it's always been a deal, but talking about prescient, you know, ch- child molesting is all the politicians talk about these days that's true no but you know i think that's very common to like yeah. stir up this panic about children being molested mm-hmm. and women being stolen off the streets and sex trafficking whatever but they actually ignore most of the root causes and places where that happens like conservative mm-hmm. patriarchal groups totally that's what they belong to so that is the incisive commentary here he's just making jam why is everyone hating on him so much <laughs> Go after the root cause. You're right. You're right. Abolish prisons. <laughs> That's really where Thank I'm Thank you, landing. kids in the hall. Thank you, kids in the hall. I mean, it is funny okay. that that probably would ruin a, a politician's career if they chose. If they said they liked a jam that a child molester. Yeah. Made. 
That's people true. would never let that go. They would Maybe we need to figure out go. some way to get that into Congress. Just distribute some jam made by a child molester. <laughs> Take down okay. the GOP. Mm. <laughs> okay, now she's thinking. <laughs> she's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's watch right. a little bit from Cutting It Close. Man, that was close. Boy, honey, these commercials just keep cutting it close, don't you think? I mean, I mean, cause like, cause like, cause like, cause like, the camera's coming up, the camera's coming up, and her shirt is coming down, and, and then, and then just the last second, her shirt just gets in there ahead of the camera. Oh, you'd have seen her tits. <laughs> I swear to God, honey, I swear to God. You know, I think, I think, I think, I think that it's sociologically interesting. Don't you think that, honey? Don't you think that it's, it's, it's sociologically interesting? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Mm, don't you? Don't you? Don't you think that it sort of sort of chronicles our changing times? I do. I think that. You know, because I mean, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, they'd have like a woman in the bath, like you know, in a bath, and she'd be like suds. Oh yeah, sorry, I had to cut that off in the middle because he just never stops talking. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, a cameo from a woman. Uh, <laughs> very rare. Kids they really had. They really filled out the roster of other actors. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have another person do that from the from the team. Like, why yeah. did it have to be a real woman? I don't know. I wonder why. I yeah. mean, I, it, I mean, it sounds bad, but I think it's because it wasn't a real role. I guess, like, because it's just I 100 percent thought that. I 100 yeah. percent was like, they don't want her to say or do anything interesting, so they brought in a real woman, and, which is awful. Yeah. And but and uh, I do think if they had cast one of the kids to do it, they would have really hammed it up and tried to make it interesting and funny. When mm-hmm. that's probably not what the sketch needed, but I'm not even sure what the sketch needed because it was just kind of uh, a f- like Dave Foley acting crazy. I thought he did it pretty well. I actually kind of liked his performance in this. And I think maybe part of the reason they chose to have an actual actress step into the role was because they needed to play off her being a woman with breasts. That's true. <laughs> because that's like such a big part of the idea. I don't know. I kind of really got the premise of the sketch what? because it's just so like, you know, like I feel like that's such a teenage thing to do. Maybe yeah. it's because he's an adult man that is not really hitting the same or something, but to like go back and forth in a movie where they almost show you some nudity or something. <laughs> oh, I definitely did that as a kid. And I, oh, how like how hyped up he is, 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 I think what's what makes it because I'm, I'm not because I'm not sure what what is supposed to like. It's just I guess the idea is that he's just so excited by the idea of possibly seeing uh, breasts mm-hmm. that he just can't get over it. Yeah. Also, they add the coffee in. I feel like it's that's the coffee. Necessary. Yeah, that, that was what I was getting. at. Yeah. The, like, why is the coffee there? Why is he? Like, I feel like it's, it's a thing. He's excited. He kind of says it right toward the end, but he's like for the new era. And it's like this idea of like oh when is tv just gonna be like full tits like always right (laughs) and he's just like waiting for that moment that's what i took from it i also i did not like the sketch i thought i it it was like i like the idea of it i don't think it to me it wasn't played that well uh and i like uh dave he's very funny um they're all funny um but uh i did like and i think this speaks to what you're talking about where he talks about he's like He's like, you could see the nipples. You could see everything. You could see the nipples, which is everything, right? And like, just like nipples, like being enough for a man like this of being like, oh my God, right? And it's like, it's just nipples, man. Well, it's funny. I was just thinking about it. And I was like, I love boobs too. Like, I love seeing them. It's always exciting. And I'm like, really, why? Because when you break it down, like, what is the nipple adding? It's just like a different texture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, yeah, the like skin. There's something about it. <laughs> I just love about it. Yeah, I had to because in the second in like the second uh, what am I, what am I trying to say second beat of the sketch I guess when they come back to it mm-hmm. they do show naked breasts like they show nipples yeah. I had to rewind oh, really? I had to rewind it a couple times yeah like, I had to rewind it I got to keep watching it over and, and over May, again did you watch the episode <laughs> I did but I I saw a nipple but I didn't really like go back to investigate well, I didn't, they like, show uh, it on the TV I didn't see it at first and and I had to like because he gets excited I was like wait did they actually show it. I just had to okay. watch it again and again and then touch myself. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the episode. I saw the nipples the first time. Wow. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I guess, I guess, I, I guess this aired on HBO and CBC, so they're allowed to do that. I, I don't know where I was going to yeah. <laughs> I love the set. I like the couch. 
The couch. Oh, interesting. The couch we scary. never really talk about sets. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You like ah! this couch. <laughs> wow, I <read> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I thought this set was very like, yeah, that's what that house would look like. It looks lived in, yeah. Yeah, it was very evocative for me of 1990. Did you see, Patrick, sometimes you like to talk about the, the clothes. Were there any clothes mm-hmm. in this episode that jumped out? Or if, if you if we see any coming up, let me, like, you know. Mm, I'll, I'll know. say something. Yeah. I think her outfit is great. <laughs> I like it. I like his bracelet, or I guess it's a watch, but a little yeah. like a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're like a very nice, like, yuppie couple. Oh, yeah, I guess so. This was the age of the yuppie, huh? 1990? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, sure. They're move. going skiing. <laughs> Is that what yuppies do? get them eyes off the TV. So yuppies do. <laughs> All right, well, let's watch a little bit from this next sketch, Secrets of Broadway. You're an effeminate middle <laughs> I love all the titles. Francis down Park <laughs> Avenue in a full-length fur with a peacock on a leash. <laughs> and you really thought we didn't know? Are you telling me, Alfonso, that you knew? Jeremy, there's two things you can be sure of finding in a Manhattan men's room. No toilet paper and your phone number. <laughs> that is a lie, Alfonso. My affairs have been few and discreet. Ha <laughs> Jeremy! You've seen more dicks than a catheter. Uh... Yeah, this was another like kind of not so much traditional sketch sketch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More of a long play. But wait, you guys have been doing this for a minute now, yeah, right? They're all like, like that's that. kind of how <laughs> they're, they're all, like all like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they have so few that are traditional sketches. They're just little plays. There are some that this are like long, uh, I guess. Yeah, there's there's some that are like uh Bruce or not Bruce, uh, Kevin and Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley. They kind of write the more traditional sketches. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think there weren't a ton of Kevin and Dave in this. I guess there that the one we just saw was Dave, but that was that wasn't. Really. Yeah, actually, Kevin was barely in this, huh? Kevin McDonald. Yeah, yeah he's only right. the child he's... molester. Yeah. He's he's in the <laughs> wow, last sketch too, that. but but not not. not oh really. yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Maybe he was going through a hard time. I feel like we've had a few episodes where he wasn't around, mm. or he likes being behind the camera. Who knows? Yeah. I gotta say, we didn't watch any of this in this clip. But Bruce McCullough plays this character named oh Shirley, <laughs> and she really reminded me of a Stephen Valletta character in an yeah. offense scene. Which oh to our God. listeners, our two listeners, means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just her, her constantly repeating, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. And having the hors d'oeuvre on her shoulder. <laughs> that really made me laugh a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say what my favorite sketch is until the end of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, that character really made me laugh. The, <laughs> all these characters really made me laugh. I This is, I mean, it's, in, you know, it's problematic as hell. But my <laughs> I, uh, when Scott Thompson is like, when he's worried that the people are going to find out he's gay and Scott Thompson's like, I, I gotcha. And opens the door and goes, Ray, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I know. I was gonna Ray. say I don't usually I'm laugh okay. at Rachel, so this one made me laugh. And I hope I'm not betraying women by saying that, I but know. it's honestly fucking funny. It was so <laughs> funny. It's just so funny to scream at the immediately go, I'm okay, and then shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up so much. And I love it. Like uh um yeah, this like all these characters were so funny to me. I loved when he was like, I want to be a TV detective. I'm good with guns. <laughs> Very Patrick, broad let way. me ask you, as a gay man, are you offended by Mark McKinney's depiction of a oh, yeah, gay man question. on Broadway? Uh, yeah, I mean, that is like, to me, like the interesting thing about this, because a lot of them play gay in like many, many sketches. And... I fucking eat it up. I love it. I think it's so funny. Like, even this one is, like, so over the top. Like, his voice is just, like, a fucking lisp. But there is something to me about the way they play their characters that just, it feels like they give them a lot of humanity, even as they are these, like, cartoons of people. But people are cartoons a lot of times. And I think they just like endow them with like, they don't play them like so flatly. They play them pretty richly. And I think it's just like, I love watching it. And, you know, I saw Andrew Garfield in Angels in America, essentially doing the same Mark McKinney voice. 
And that shit fucking pissed me off to no end. It was so <laughs> grotesque. But him doing it here in this sketch, I'm just like, oh. I feel like when I see them in these sketches, I feel like, especially sketches like this, though I don't know, maybe Nick, you do. I'm like, this was written by Scott Thompson. And I feel like he is making the calls about how things are played. So maybe mm-hmm. that like gives my conscience um, a little distance from the subject. But I do think I agree with you that they also try to play people in a way that gives them character or like dimension. Yeah, I mean, I assume mm-hmm. Scott Thompson. I, wrote yeah, this I certainly, one, but I, I don't know for sure. Just see, I mean, it seems like a Scott Thompson sketch. I can't imagine any of the other kids in the writing this one. Yeah, it also feels like Scott Thompson is just like chomping into it. It doesn't ever feel like he's being held against his will to like no. do sketches like this. <laughs> no. It feels like he's fucking thriving. So yeah, you can tell it's like he loves it, which like he doesn't get to speak for everyone, but it's like, yeah, it does give it like that kind it's of his show, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's like, you're gonna play a fucking fag in this shit episode. <laughs> They're like, okay. I yeah, sorry. <laughs> but i feel like the bruce character is that is such a bruce character i mean it's like a step away from his kathy but that kind of yeah just like he just always plays those like really ditzy characters but again they like there's something about them that i'm just like is so charming to me let's watch a little a little bit of that bruce character if i can especially when he has the thing on the shoulder yeah just play the whole beginning okay (laughs) but there were too many people in it and none of them me well i liked it shirley you've got an hors d'oeuvre on your shoulder do you mind hon Thanks, babe. You know, what do you think of Jeremy in the title role as the rebel commander? Wow, I like him. <laughs> and the that costumes, the ones- these are good. Co- Bruce's costume is really good. Yeah. Scott's costume, I could take or leave. <laughs> That's a little confusing. Like, I'm like, are you supposed to be a woman? I can't tell 100. percent I mean, yeah, he's like a he's like a great old dame kind of like woman, like a you know, fucking rip you apart. What, so, <laughs> what what are they? Why why are they backstage at the musical? Because <laughs> they're friends. They're just they're, they're just like friends. A, they're waiting in, in the yeah. in the okay. That, okay. They're part of the like um, entourage the scene. Yeah, yeah. The the what is it called? Not the glitterati, but the like I don't know the creme the creme of society. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like friends, so they get to wait in the dressing room backstage. Uzi the musical. I love the name. Do you think that's a is Uzi that a the musical? Is that a parody of anything in particular? You think? I, I don't know anything no, about that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so at all. Uzi the musical is just a funny title. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if there were like a lot of like. Um, military plays or something in the yeah 90s scott says a very like weird line which it's not that weird but i just thought it was like funny it struck me as funny where he's like where they're talking about if he was if he's seen straight or not in the play and he's like to the first 20 rows he was seen gay and everything after that he seemed like a woman (laughs) 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 maybe it meant more in the context of the time I also really love this little, the little uh, kind of like button on this one where they show the newspaper and it's just like the show yes. shut down. Like gay <laughs> actors too gay, it's just the show down. <laughs> yes. But I also really love audience reactions because like everyone applauds when it's clearly indicated at the end of the sketch. And then like that comes up and the audience is like, eh? <laughs> like what? <laughs> It's like yeah, up a little like, too long. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The end of this one also before it gets to that where it's like, oh, he has like a lover in there the whole time was also such a just like this is a play. Yeah. That the the way like, that they a weird little thing. The way they zoomed in on his feet, I thought was very strange, too. It seemed like. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I don't know. Like, was he actually standing there the whole sketch? Oh, yeah. I wonder. I doubt there... it, but who knows? Can we see it? I'm trying to fast forward. Eh, I, I can't find. Uh, I don't think there's yeah. shots that low. Uh oh yeah, the gay actor miscasters. Yeah, <laughs> play. <laughs> the way he's holding that gun and like looking away, like he's scared of it being fired, is really funny to me. 
<laughs> I think it's funny because it's like it is like I don't know I don't even know how to like contextualize it or like um say it but it's just like gay people get made fun of for like being sissies or being too effeminate and like whatever but there's something about the way they're doing it here that's like it is true like there's all of this kind of stuff like is real and true but it feels like it feels like when other people make fun of it it's like oh they're making fun of the fact that like he's like a person is effeminate right but here the joke isn't necessarily that he's effeminate it's like that he's a Broadway actor. A lot of Broadway people are gay because they love the fucking theater. And they're being asked to perform in these roles, which are like very masculine, like fucking Oklahoma or Miss Saigon or something. And it's like, yeah, they just like can't. It's kind of uh, sorry to say sometimes. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is a very <laughs> hot thing, Patrick. Are you well, saying just, gay men can't be cast in straight absolutely roles? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I am saying, and I think a lot of gay people would agree with me, that there are certain gay people that do have a tougher time sort of like giving butch realness Mm -hmm. and it's like that is like a real thing to contend with in being gay and like and trying to be an actor and i think that making fun of that is like a savvy thing to make fun of for kids in the hall not just like that he's like some flaming homo (laughs) that's what i'd like to say gotcha gotcha (laughs) interesting i love your perspective I hear what you're saying for sure. There was a piece of me, and I, I when I watched that, uh, when I watched that sketch, I was like, "Oh, they had to ask a gay person to come in for this episode," <laughs> which uh, I don't no, think no. that you we, think about at all. We actually don't watch the episodes before we send them to people. We should though, because yeah. some of them have some stuff that might be offensive to certain yeah. people. Super problematic. Um, but uh, no, and also almost every episode we watch Almost has every episode something has some crazy homosexual character that's got something to yeah, with. i think our favorite my personal favorite i don't know if i'm allowed to say my favorite from another episode but i talk about it all the time is the like dracula gay guy oh uh, yeah <laughs> the first sketch of that is so funny to me because like the first half of the sketch you're like so is he trying to fuck this guy <laughs> and then he comes out and you're like oh no he's a dracula and then he is trying to fuck the guy <laughs> And that twist just really makes me laugh every time. Yeah, that was funny. He's great. Love him. Also, Mark McKinney playing a gay character. But uh, yeah, he does that a lot. All right. Yeah, they do it a lot. They have the one where they do the thing where they're the gay guys on like the stoop. Oh yeah, like perspectives. No, no, not perspective. (laughs) It's it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's um. What's his name? The one who's not in it a lot this episode. Sometimes I forget their name. Kevin, Kevin McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, Kevin's one of them. I think they're all in it. I think it's all of them hanging oh, out. Oh, all of them? Yeah. If, oh, if it's yeah, the sketch yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, and it's, it's great. Well, let's watch uh, a little clip from the final sketch, Dead Fish. Yeah. Tina Yawgers used to be just a I little girl. I think what Mr. McKim is trying to say is that the industry has changed. That a man, his name is proud, bare arms lying in a trough of dead fish just doesn't mean as much as the almighty dollar. Isn't that it, Mr. McDonald? Huh? Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Ms. Henderson, would you bring in the new machine? What? Machine? machine? We can't be replaced by machine. Hey, you know, we're we're I just realized they probably spent a lot of time in making these mach- this machine. It's like a, a machine of just a hand that falls into a, a trough of fish, and then later the it turns out the boss is a is a robot, and there's a whole that also. There's like a, a hamster running around in. Yeah, yeah, if I recall. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this was their big budget sketch of the night. Yeah, for a live sketch too. Like uh, sometimes. That you would think that they would put more more of this like uh, time and effort into some of their film sketches, but this one was actually done on stage. Would have been cool to see, mm-hmm. I guess. The uh, yeah, the big machines. I got a <laughs> sketch is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> this sketch was very absurd. Which another very much like when I think of kids in the hall. Yeah, I kind of think of stuff like this a little bit, where it is just like so so absurd and just being pushed 
like beyond. Yeah, I love the idea but that I think it that they're Sorry, no, I just I was gonna say I just love the idea of obviously their job is yeah. totally useless and yeah. has no meaning. Their job makes absolutely no sense. But then when they replace them with a the machine, yes. you're like, but wouldn't they need human arms? Yeah. But you're like, but there's for what? Like, they're not doing anything. <laughs> do you do you guys think so? Watching it, I was thinking. I guess what they're. I guess maybe the point or what they're. The message of the scene is that uh, it, it's kind of about unionize. Well, that, but it's, isn't it also just about how all of our jobs just feel totally pointless? It, it, yeah, and as though we, we may think... as well just stick our hands in, in, a, in a in a in a a vat of dead I fish we all day. Described exactly what's happening, and maybe <laughs> listeners know. But basically, in the sketch, these are three factory guys, but their factory line <laughs> job is just leaving their arms limply in a vat of dead fish <laughs> i'm like that's their job and they're being replaced by robotic arms that do the same thing <laughs> are you guys watching that was actually really important yeah, to yeah that's true to everyone i guess it is yeah. happening because otherwise it's too wrong you're like what the fuck is this sketch about <laughs> and i think actually in a way it's a very traditional sketch for kids in the hall because even though what they're doing is so totally fucking absurd, you don't even understand it. The the beats of what happens to them are very clear. They're like working class guys. They live in a factory town. They've always worked in this factory. The factory is getting like take, you know, the unions caved. They're being replaced by robotics. And those are all like very real clear things that we are all mm-hmm. familiar with. So I think that's why the absurdity of what they're doing kind of fits though. Nick, mm-hmm. your point about it being totally pointless, like all our jobs is very real too. <laughs> but I think that's why it worked for me because it did actually follow the traditional beats of a sketch where it's like, if this, then what? So they mm-hmm. make a joke about, they're like, oh, manager, are you going to be replaced by a robot? And then it turns out he already is a robot. Like that really <laughs> got me. <laughs> they got me with that. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think you're both right. And yeah, I think uh, it's definitely, because it's like, it's not really it's not a pro worker sketch. Like there's not a message here that is like pro worker really because it's kind of making fun of them. But I think, yeah, the deeper sort of like comedic joke here is like, it's all fucking stupid. Yeah. (laughs) It's like everything we do is so stupid. Like, yeah, they're like, this is all we know how to do. And it's like, yeah, all you know to do is stick (laughs) your fucking arms into dead fish trough and that's i mean i was talking about my job before we started this call and it's like a lot of it's copying and pasting it's like this work is insane so i think that is very funny and that's also well i was gonna say that's kind of a big thing they do they they have so many sketches about people working in offices and about uh no they're so anti like regular workers which is so funny because like you know they probably think of themselves as working class guys to some degree or did at this time and it's like but your job is writing comedy for tv (laughs) like are you kidding me why are you shitting on everybody who has an ordinary (laughs) job I mean, I Very think they true. probably did like view themselves as artists, you know, and they were kind of like, mm-hmm. I would never, I would never be one of, I would never go into an office, but also I would never work on a, on a manufacturing line. That's not mm-hmm. satisfying for me, but I'm sorry, Patrick, I think I uh, interrupted you. Well, I wanted to say, um, <clears throat> May's been talking about audience responses and I think a really wild one was the audience response to the Tina Yothers reference. Oh yeah. The audience like went wild or like one woman in the audience was like, wow. Like, okay. Who is cool. Tina Yathers? She was on Facts of Life, I believe. Okay. I might be wrong about family that, ties, but she was like a t- oh, Family Ties. She was like a TV star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did like after I liked um not when he was kind of like my grandpa started this with like just like whatever I forget what he says, but then he's like in a belief in people, and he's like, and I think he was an idiot or whatever. <laughs> like you're <laughs> yeah. all fired. Right? <laughs> like that that's funny <laughs> i'm not caught up on severance but this sketch reminded me of severance i need somebody to give me their apple tv password because <laughs> i want to watch severance so bad <laughs> i also have not watched it and someone did give me their apple tv password <laughs> don't you have to get your whole it. like don't wouldn't you have, they have tv with, like their apple login for like the entire apple ecosystem what no no, no. Because I, it's kind of, it's kind of more just like Netflix, really. Yeah. Really, okay. 
Yeah, you can just log in. They have like their little Apple TV and shit like that, but you don't need that. I think I think you might have his password, that person's password for everything they do in Apple, like their entire cloud. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to my sister. Oh, you're about to buy a lot of apps. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, you, think... you guys should watch Severance. It's very funny. We had I Zach Cherry, also yeah, Zach yes, Cherry. friend of the show, on the Zach show a few Cherry. weeks ago. Very funny incredible hilarious but it's about it's a kind of about so how they nice. just have this job they don't even know what they do and they're just kind of clicking around on a computer mm. all day but yeah mm-hmm. patrick i feel like i interrupted you yet again was there something else you're gonna say no i was trying to think about the other things that i thought were funny in this sketch but i, I don't know it was funny. i thought it was funny when they discovered the live fish and it was like yeah. an emergency yeah. situation <laughs> yeah and the way they freaked about it and the guy just kind of like picked it up and slapped it or something <laughs> in like a full hazard suit yeah. in the face. <laughs> i also like when bruce describes his like dad or grandpa died doing it like he got like sucked in <laughs> well why don't we move on to one of our last two segments. So we have two segments left. One of the segments is a segment mm-hmm. where I may ask you a question. and then, <laughs> But first, let's do a sketch of the up. And I'll go ahead and I'll plug in a song right here of Jared singing the sketch of the up Oh, song. God. I thought we were going to escape it. <laughs> sketch of the up. It's the sketch of the up. Come on down. It's the sketch of the up. But yeah, uh, Patrick, I think I know what your favorite sketch of the episode was. <laughs> Was it? Uh, what are they? Wait, you didn't play this. I'm gonna right? splice it in later, so oh. we don't have to do it right now. But we'll, oh, thank God. the listener, will hear, <laughs> the two listeners, will. Hear. Uh, was it Secret of Broadway? Was that your favorite, Patrick? That was my favorite sketch. I tried to, I tried to <laughs> hide my enthusiasm for it, but it was my favorite sketch. I thought it was really funny. I thought some of the other sketches were funny, but that one I was just like, this is like what I love about Kids in the Hall. And I thought it was just really, really funny. I thought all the character, all three characters were funny. And uh, that <laughs> walking over to that door and going, rape, I'm okay. <laughs> that like I died. But yeah, and Bruce's character too really put it over the edge for me. How, that was my favorite. How about you, May? Well, I was wrong. I thought Patrick and I would be on the same page, but I guess the gay agenda got him. So <laughs> my, my favorite sketch was definitely the factory one. It wow. just really made me laugh out loud. And I don't often do that, but I did like the Broadway one too. Yeah. My- That's so funny that you thought I would prefer the factory one over the Broadway one. I just thought it was one. so crazy. I don't know. It was. It was. It was yeah. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was between that, that factory one and the first... Uh, the uh, the Bruce McCullough monologue, that's America. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with the yeah. Bruce McCullough monologue because it kind of takes oh. me back to my angsty teenage days of like... Uh, <laughs> when you just talked about America all the time. Yeah, I complained about uh, America <laughs> and uh, and listened to a lot of punk music. Well, mm. Those are my top three. Those are my top three. I think those are definitely the three oh. best. I mean, yeah. there's only like a couple of other sketches. Oh, we skipped over the one where they talk about Richard Nixon, but that's not important. Oh, yeah, that, that was wasn't important. I didn't like that. They look nice in their glasses. They do that. That's like a recurring <laughs> character. I feel like they just filmed a bunch of like yeah. improvised moments and are just splicing them into the yeah. show. They're all listed. I as, was also kind of like. It's, it, they're called Hustlers, colon, then whatever they talked about. I don't know why they're called Hustlers. Oh, weird. Weird. Yeah. I was surprised that Nixon was still alive. I guess I just don't know when he died. I remember. He's still alive. No, what? <laughs> He's not still alive. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Well, I here. also really like I really <laughs> like the way that the the little runner of the girl developed with the queen. Yeah, I yeah. really liked it at the end. I love the way he plays the queen. I love the how like old he plays it in terms of like she talks like she's from the 1700s sometimes. <laughs> yes. She's like, when we took the boat over to the new world. That's right. And she I'm, calls it, it the new world. Laugh. <laughs> yeah. So she was born in 26. So she would have been. Six, she would have, would have been 64 when this aired. That's crazy. How old is she now? Like 300 years old. How old is she? Oh my God. She's like 90 something. Yeah, 95. A lot of people think she's died already. Yeah. No offense yeah. to our UK listeners, but yeah. yeah. 
Well, one of them's from the UK. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> half of, half of our listeners are from, from the UK. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no one from Canada. They're all from the Commonwealth. <laughs> um, well, usually at this point, I may ask two questions. Oh, yes. I mean, to be honest, every time I ask it, it's a little different. Yes, so I don't know why it's, it's... But we like to ask as a group, did watching Kids in the Hall bring up any thoughts in general about comedy now um, for you that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I think, I think, um, I think one thing is like, well, it's interesting. I feel like something that they do that is so fun is like have these little plays. And I feel like that is something that is really missing from like current sketch comedy. But I would actually say maybe not so much anymore. I feel like now with like, I think you should leave and maybe some other sketches, they, they, there is that kind of vibe coming back of like, oh yeah, this isn't just like a sketch where like hitting beats. It is like it is having like sharp turns and going every which way. Um, but they certainly feel like very like, character driven and not joke driven in a really wonderful way that i love i also think that like we really you know there's a lot of really great queer people out there but i will say i feel like this kind of queer comedy is missing a little bit i think like everyone tries to be so cool these days you know everyone's like so cool and like these people these people are freaks chicken lady no (laughs) Let's talk about chicken lady. Queer icon, um, chicken yeah, lady. Queer icon, chicken lady. Uh, <laughs> like kind of though. Uh, no, but uh, I do I feel like gay people really love kids in the hall, and I think it's because of Scott Thompson and the fact that they're all willing to like play gay in that kind of way. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I'm missing a little bit of that of how freaky they are with their like gay characters. And then anything else? I don't know. It's just incredible a sketch show like this ever existed, even though half the sketches watching in this one, I was like, whatever, boo. <laughs> well, you were saying that you, you think people today are trying so hard to be cool, but I feel like the kids in the hall were really trying hard to be cool. Like A guitar. <laughs> I, love, yeah, I love this I, opening, and I do think it is very cool. I think there's like no. a lack of specificity some i don't know well you know scott thompson sometimes is playing these really broad caricatures and maybe that's mm-hmm. why people object to them now but i do think that there's been this push for assimilation of like queer identity in a way that like doesn't allow for people to even make fun of themselves or like mm-hmm. talk about things that don't like align with a kind of almost pur- puritanical ideal of like queer sexuality and queer identity Totally. And I was just thinking how on SNL, Julio Torres is like a very different kind of person, obviously, from Scott Thompson. But I do think he wrote a lot of sketches that were really specific to his experience mm-hmm. as like a queer guy, a gay man and growing up that way. Yeah. I'm thinking of particularly of the well sketch. Do you remember he had the sketch totally. about like whispering yeah. to a well? <laughs> wells for boys. Wells, like, for, wells boys. for boys. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. And that one is very like, it feels almost like anti- what we're living in right now of like queer people are just like us queer people are regular people and like that sketch is kind of like well they're kind of not yeah and also <laughs> like what's so great about being a regular ass person yeah. <laughs> like part of the reason people like want i don't know it's like it's not great it sucks like that's why being queer is both like suffocating and liberating because mm-hmm. you're being like told you need to be this other specific thing that's supposed to be the best thing or the normal thing or you know the average thing or whatever and it sucks and the like it's the pain of like feeling like you have to do that and then also the freedom of knowing you have another possibility you have another road to take i don't know totally very interesting moment in history around queer identity yeah yeah i love getting this discussion on the podcast because I feel like that's what we should be talking about, but I have like nothing to contribute yeah. really. But, but, but that is such a, that yeah. is kind of such a big part of of Kids in the Hall is the yeah. I also think like it's the same thing where it's like I don't know queer people because they hadn't had so many um, people, so much representation and people they could look up to. A lot of times, queer people like really problematic characters, or they like 
characters i mean problematic in a certain way but problematic in a way that's like oh this person's like a fucking mess or this person's like just fucked up in some way and i think like yeah buddy cole is such a prime example of that of like just like the swishiest like queen that could like ever exist just like a kind of a real piece of shit too and like <laughs> yeah, he says a he lot of is just up shit. so That's iconic cool. yeah fucked up shit but just like so iconic because it's also like very real like that like there are gay people like that and so then now we're like in this place where it's like oh love simon love whatever the tv one is love kevin oh love victor (laughs) love kevin love angelo all these things where it's like yeah let's make them so assimilated and and show that like queer people can be normal and it's like oh yeah well okay great so now all the freaks um feel even more isolated because yeah they know that they could be normal as a queer person so what the hell are they going to do now and I definitely think that there are young queer kids, especially who are watching that stuff and like getting something out of it. I don't want to totally dismiss their totally. experience, yeah. but I do think for also sure. like sometimes I watch this stuff and I'm like, this is for straight people. This is for to make straight people feel comfortable mm-hmm. and to be okay with like queer people loving each other or whatever. And, <clears throat> and it also kind of is a high demand. It's like demanding that if you're gay or whatever, you also are good. <laughs> like you also are like unproblematic. You also are yeah. like, you know, and like finding a monog- monogamous relationship with another conventionally attractive person. <laughs> yeah, and then you get married. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's very, it's very interesting to see that happen and so how insidious like it is. It's like always like allowing people a little bit more room to express themselves and then trying to cinch them in into like back into the status quo. Mm -hmm. And and to your point, Nick, I think like, yeah, they are very like cool, trying to be like cool in terms of just like the overall vibe. But I do think they're like characters and stuff. They really let their like freak flag fly in a really nice way. That's true. Yeah. They're not afraid of looking stupid as characters for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Chicken. (laughs) Yeah. cursed character (laughs) (laughs) well patrick that that was thank you so much for joining us that was a great episode if i may say so thank you uh jared wasn't here (laughs) (laughs) we're finally able to talk jeez (laughs) so we had like we have like one review on apple podcasts and they specifically say jared talks too much (laughs) really Oh my god! I feel like that you must so talk funny. too much because usually the woman gets singled out. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're hitting on Jared. It's gotta be real. <laughs> that is really funny. Um, Sorry, Jared, we missed you. Yeah, I miss you, Jared. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. thanks, Patrick. Is there anything you want to tell people about or plug or anything like that for a couple of listeners? You know, my email is pkeen, <laughs> K-E-E-N-E, 2727, pkeen27, Patrick Keen's my name, at gmail.com if you want to drop me an email um, with your thoughts on Scott Thompson and mm, Francesca Fiore. <laughs> and I'm going to fake that orgasm, baby. <laughs> right down your throat. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, keep crushing those heads. Mm-hmm.